Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to the inner loop. Without further ado. Without further ado. Okay, so without further ado, we're gonna get started. We should get started. We're yeah. Rolling. I'm ready. We're, we're gonna get started. Welcome to the Interloop Radio, broadcasting live on Full Service Radio from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Rachel Kuntz. And I'm Courtney Sexton. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream from. And for all of our loyal listeners out there, don't forget to leave us a review telling the world how much you love us. And for any new listeners out there here on the Interloop Radio, we delve into all things creative writing, whether that be inspiration or craft, what makes a great ghost story, or how to construct the perfect sonnet, or just how we all sit down each day in front of an empty page. And cry. And cry. <laughs> we, play, we play clips of local writers reading their work at our monthly reading series, and we invite a few of those writers and other guests to join our discussion. Uh, Happy New Year! Yeah! <laughs> it's a new decade! <laughs> I was like, wait, that was something we wanted to say. <laughs> uh, but yes, in light of that, on today's show, we wanted to chat a bit about kind of a resolution-y kind of thing, which is publishing and selling books. No, I don't want to talk about publishing. Because as writers, that's like what we do, <laughs> supposedly. Um, and also what role booksellers can play in author success. Um you know, for, for patrons, uh, libraries and bookstores and that kind of thing are kind mm-hmm. of like a, a great equalizer. Everyone can go in and share the same experience, go to events. Um, mm-hmm. They're meant to be used and enjoyed by everyone. But for those who want their work on the shelves, how, do, how does it get there? <laughs> how does, how does it, how does it magically <laughs> appear on the shelves? You just uh, bum rush your local bookstore and throw it up there. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> the price tag. Is this like gorilla bookselling? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like someone had to have successfully done that at some point, like just like snuck a couple of self-published copies. I would. Right? I mean, don't tell our future guests, but... And just put inside, just put free. Please just take, take and distribute. If you'll read it, you can have it. (laughs) Um, Really, though, I mean, speaking of self-publishing, there's there's a whole new world out there. Okay, so that's not super new. (laughs) Let's just take three steps back. (laughs) Self-publishing is not an entirely new thing, uh, but I think it's a lot more prevalent these days than it was in, say... And it's just a lot more possible to make it work. Um, I think that it takes a lot of work. You have to do the job of, you know, the publisher and your agent and... Anybody, all the people who work for the publisher promote your book and do the research in different cities to get you, you know, reading engagements. It's 
a full-time job. It would be a full-time job of like three people, kind of like what we do. (laughs) (laughs) And what we've seen some of the writers in our community do really successfully here, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, we should take a step back and say what the traditional route is, which is that you court an agent. Usually. Is that how that works? I believe so. <laughs> this is what I hear. We are experts in, in having agents and publishers well, we have knocking to down a lot our of... doors. <laughs> we may not have published books personally, but we talk to a lot of published writers. True. <laughs> um, but no, but the most inspiring slash helpful thing that I've heard from published authors about how to get an agent, for example, is to look up like who the agents are of the writers that you like that are similar to you. So you know, you know, what your voice is the most like, you know, I'm not going to approach somebody who writes essays, their agent for my memoir, because those are very different things. Right. Or there are subsidiaries, you know, sometimes there are smaller presses that are, are part of some of the larger publishing houses. And those are things you can look into. And it's not Mm -hmm. dissimilar from, pitching literary magazines because that's a form of publishing as well absolutely right um you can do it a little more frequently and, the first and thing for a little less money <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you read on those submission pages is read our magazine exactly. <laughs> figure exactly. out if you would be a, good, a good fit, fit here, here. um right. so i think it's similar with uh agents and like you said small publishers for sure um there's this other concept that i've been i've been thinking of um uh, the flip side of it as buyers you know, like, like we, you and I, yeah, or consumers not, or of anyone, literature, yeah, consumers of literature, people who are, you know, maybe or maybe not reading the New York Times book review or the Washington Independent Review of Books to see, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> hey friends, uh, to see, you know, what's new and hot and what they should be reading, what's mm-hmm. good, um, but that can play. You know, are those the people you should be courting first? Like, should you be doing? You mean reviewers? Yeah. No, no, no. Not necessarily. Yes, reviewers for sure. You always want people to review. (laughs) But no, like what is the general public consuming right now? Should you be doing your market research before Mm -hmm. you even write your book? You're like, hey, no. First of all, no. I'm going to jump in and say, do not do that. Write the book and then figure out where it belongs. Do not put that pressure on yourself. You'll never write anything. (laughs) Or, you know, uh, by contrast, you can kind of separate yourself out from it for a little bit. Like I feel that way when I'm pitching shorter pieces, right? Like I'm like, oh, this is something I like have vague knowledge of don't care so much about it's easier for me to see in the wider realm where that's going to fit and who's going to want it and it's smart for those sort of current events things or things that you see an opportunity for to pitch it before you write it right for those smaller magazine publishing opportunities so but back to this what about the people who are perusing the shelves at the local bookstore well that's yeah I mean I was going to say voila welcome local booksellers right Selling local authors. Right. That's how you can get in touch with your local community authors, which is, you know, what Courtney and I are out here championing. We're just hitting (laughs) the streets, you guys, (laughs) selling for you. (laughs) Um, No, I think it's true, though. There's, you know, there's demand from the public and especially, you know, like any of the more grassroots movements that are happening in society today. I think that 
we're circling back to this in the arts too. People want local art the way they want. Absolutely, you know, local a microbrewery. Yeah, for example. exactly. Mm-hmm. They um, want their goods local, and why not their literature and art too? And so we've seen this resurgence of smaller booksellers, which I think is super super cool. It's so cool because it, they play a bigger role than you know the Borders or the Barnes and Noble. Yeah, or it has so no much more can. potential <laughs> for you know community engagement. Like you're right. saying, you have readings there. They can they can actually be in touch with the local authors. Um, and have them come and do talks with other authors who might be coming through town and you're just connecting, connecting, connecting people. Exactly. And I guess, what would you say since in the past 10 years we've had one, two, three, four, five, like at least half a dozen smaller bookstores open here in Mm -hmm. D.C. to add to the handful that were already here and they're all doing well. Yeah. Like, Really so well, inspiring to I see. Think. <laughs> maybe we have someone who can maybe maybe tell Weigh us if that's true. <laughs> but from my perspective, they seem to be, and they seem to be kind of filling some sort of special role in 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 the lives of the authors around us as well. Absolutely. Well, shall we? On that note, yeah, shall we chat? Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's take a quick break, uh, and we, when we come back, we will bring that special guest in to give us the inside scoop on what book, booksellers might be looking for. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Interloop Radio. We've been discussing the different roles of publishers and booksellers, especially the smaller mom-and-pop bookshops. And joining us today on the show to give us her take is Gwen Hunter, a local bookseller and events coordinator at Solid State Books right here in D.C. Hey, Gwen. Thank you. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks yeah, for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Mm-hmm. So tell us. Tell us all of the things. Oh, my goodness. Um, no, how are you doing? You just finished inventory. What was what was that like? We did. That was an experience. Um, <laughs> we just went through and counted everything that we had in the store. Okay. Wow. And part of what comes with that is determining what's on the shelves, how long it's been on the shelf, what we want to add to the shelves, what we think we have a lot of or what we think we're missing um, going hmm. from there. Do you kind of all collectively sit down and try to fill in the gaps of genres or representation, or how does that work when you're thinking stocking? Yeah, that's a bigger conversation that we'd have at the end. Once okay. everything is uh, cataloged and marked up and taken care of, then we can think about um, what are our biggest selling sections? What are se- sections that have a lot of excellent real estate, but they don't move as much, you know, okay. how can we reformat the store to be really cater to the browsing mind and uh, lead people through it and help it's generate an art. their experience while they're in the store. I feel like it, that's an art. It's like yeah. a whole one person, it's like a whole industry figuring out how to, you know, sell things to people and where to put them in the store and how people are going to interact with those right. things. Because it's not an algorithm, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> It's not a program. It's a feeling. It's a hunch. It's, you know, maybe some trial and error. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to tap into, you know, who, what's our market? What are people buying? What are the people in our neighborhood interested in doing, seeing, reading about? Mm. What kinds of events are they interested in coming to? And 
developing a place for them to come and share and gather and engage in culture and literacy. Hmm. Um, engagement. Engagement. That's a, that's no. a, no, that's a, that's a, that's a term that we've thrown out a couple of times mm-hmm. and that you just did. Mm-hmm. And so Solid State has been around for, are you guys in your third We're year? in our third year. Yeah. We've been in our space, right. the space that you know and love for about a I year do. and a half. I do love it. <laughs> <laughs> about a year and a half, but two years all told. So this is year three. Awesome. So what are you guys doing to pull people into the store? Because at the, bo- at the end of the day, like you have a bottom dollar too, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to support the arts, you want to support writers, but your business. Um, so what are the, what are the things that, that are selling? And you were just saying like kind of there's stuff that, that does and doesn't move. What would you say to someone who, who wants to, to come to you and sell their book and sell their book? Yeah. Well, it happens. People come in. Sometimes they come <laughs> right in the store with their book. They're, you know, sometimes it's a manuscript. Sometimes it's completed. Um, they come in. They usually give us a sample, and they say, "This is what it's about. This is where I'm from. This is what I'm about. <laughs> I would love to have my book represented in your store, and we'll take a look at it. And if we feel like it meets the criteria, being this is something that is of interest to our community or is of interest to us personally, mm-hmm. then we'll put it on the shelf and see what happens. So really, like I could well, I could be like, hey. See, it works. I'm this. not crazy after <laughs> all. This. Come cousin pitch this book. <laughs> I could just come up to you and like give you a good pitch and like maybe, <laughs> maybe make it. Maybe, maybe make it. It does <laughs> depend on <laughs> it does depend on sure. on on the market, on who's buying and selling and whether or not we feel like it's something that Works for our store. Sure. Mm-hmm. So what are, in the past couple of years, some of the the trends that you've seen in terms of Those what hot, you guys are like buying? Hot cakes yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what's selling like hotcakes? <laughs> and maybe maybe some of your perspective Barring on why. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, a little bit of everything. We serve, the community that we serve is really broad range of interests okay um lots of current contemporary fiction mm. contemporary current nonfiction, things about politics and current events um our sci-fi section is really big our poetry really? section is really big for us um standard across the board you know just fiction even the classics you know a little bit of everything I expected you to say nonfiction was big in, <laughs> in washington dc yeah. it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> nonfiction non is huge do you poetry get, gets a good sorry amount of airtime. All right, I did not expect poetry hey, to be on the yes, hey, I love poetry. I just didn't, you know, I don't think other people do. Yeah. Definitely do. Current contemporary, fiction and nonfiction, and a handful of other s- smaller sections in the store. You okay. can't give me any air quotes. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> I do that all the time, too. I'm like, I like make faces, and I'm like, audience, for what you, you know. can't know right now. Um, so just, I, I mean, this is awesome. Do you guys specifically seek out local writers when you're thinking about what to put on your shelves? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Is we it like at Whole Foods? Is there like a, a local, there... you know, goods, no. <laughs> local <laughs> farmer sign? No. <laughs> Uh, no, we don't. We don't delineate within sections like, oh, we're going to put all our local authors in one section. No, they belong exactly where they belong with the rest of them. You know, if it's, you know, uh, a playwright and 
his last name is Shaker. He belongs right next to Shakespeare, you know? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, Gwen, quick yeah, tips. What are a couple <laughs> tips you have for anyone who's maybe either looking for a publisher, mm-hmm. or looking to self-publish, or mm-hmm. just wants to come into your store and say, hey, buy my book. I, I bound this. It's hand-bound. <laughs> I don't have any of those sitting on my shelves. What? <laughs> well, you know, reach out to us, emailing us with a little bit about yourself and what your book is about, what you're about, you know, um, is a great place to start. In terms of publishing, in, in the world of publishing, yeah. courting an agent is a good idea. I'm not gonna <laughs> courting an agent is a good idea. You can self-publish by all means. Self-publishing is not new and really special and important in all its own ways. But I mean, if you if you want to get on the New York Times bestseller list, you're you're gonna want an agent. You're, you're gonna want to go there. <laughs> there we go from the mouth of the expert. Court an agent. Agents are wonderful and they do a lot of the hard work for you and they can best represent you and your art. And their job is really important. You know. Very cool. All right. Well, up next, I'm gonna. I'm gonna see. Uh, I'm gonna see about some some famous books that have been published and, and chat with you guys about that. <laughs> Can't wait. Let's gather. <laughs> gather, please. Um, if you can gather in. Gather around. Gather around for the second half. Started. We're gonna get started. We'll get started. We're officially getting started. I'm not teasing you this time. Welcome back to the Interloop Radio, broadcasting live at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. We turn now to a special segment today that we're calling Rejection Can Be Fun. Rejection is for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that was my witty, witty it's contribution. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the path to publishing, let alone selling a book or even an essay or a short story, can be really arduous. And most writers face rejection at one or two or a thousand points in their life. Can you even be a writer without having rejection? I'm sure there's someone <laughs> somewhere along the line who was like, I'm just this brilliant and, you know, or rich. I've never I been rejected. <laughs> um, we I get really my, resilient. <laughs> I put that on my headstone. Like, Never been rejected. Never been rejected. <laughs> <laughs> never once. Um, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I've I've gotten several rejection letters, but who are we? What about famous writers? Like mm-hmm. you know, those These are we... my those are my favorite to read rejection letters of like, Right. Brilliant. Oh my god, there are some really good ones. So I have a list of famous books, books that are, have now sold, you know, millions of copies. Gajillions. Yeah. <laughs> um that got rejected by publishers. Mm, at least gonna be good. at least once, sometimes many more. Mm-hmm. Um and some that did not. And I did want, not get rejected? That or? did not get rejected. So so the, the game oh. here, this game. <laughs> this is a game. <laughs> is that, All right, everything's changed. Is right. that Rachel and Gwen have to guess which of the titles that I read to you had previously been rejected oh, or no. not. 
Interesting. Okay. okay. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. To warm us up, I'm going to read you some of my personal rejections. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I thought that would be fun. Yes. Okay. Um, they're all generally formed, although every now and then you get that like. That I love the special rejections. Note. Yeah, it's real cute. <laughs> <clears throat> but you'll, you'll sense a trend here. Dear Courtney, thank you for submitting your work. Though it was not chosen for publication, we read it with interest and hope that you'll send more work in the future. So I'm like, do they say that to everyone? I do know. Everyone you know what? to send more work I in the saw, future? No, I saw. That's how they survive, right? I was looking over the show and I looked up some old rejection letters <laughs> and it was, well, I had one that sounded very similar. Yeah. They said, it said, you know, although we did not select this piece, um, you know, we considered it very carefully. Oh, yes. Always very carefully. And with, with, it had great potential. <laughs> yes. And we wish you luck. And I was like, that sounds special. But then again, it doesn't. I know. (laughs) They're like, we're sure this will find a home somewhere. Just not here. That's my favorite. This doesn't work for our journal. Is this a thing about like the the millennial generation not being able to take rejection? I know. I tried to like let everyone down. I wish they were like, even if they were all formed, I wish that they were, there were like levels. Like they could be like, this this sucks. Write something new. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Don't ever submit this anywhere. Exactly. Nobody needs to waste their time. Or we, cried a little when we decided this wouldn't fit in the magazine you know that's like, those there. are some of those famous rejection letters like they had that right. kind of gumption in them they're like this is shit do not publish <laughs> exactly. you know but like they're all very nice thank you for letting us read your work we're sorry it's not right for x at this time x wait wait this one x piece came closest for us so maybe that was like a hint Closest. Closest. This is superlative in there. But not on the mark. (laughs) Perhaps you'll try us again in the future. (laughs) Close isn't close enough. Not close enough. Oh, man. Despite the piece's strength, we won't be publishing it at this time. A biannual... Oh, here, they justify it. A biannual schedule and limited space means we must frequently reject good work. Not great work. But (laughs) good work gets rejected. (laughs) We're never going to reject great work. So, you know, that now right. you know where to aim. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on a high note here before we play our game. Okay. Thank you for sending us X. We would love to publish it in the next issue. Aww. Yeah. But it was so simple. Like, it was very, it wasn't like, Whoa, this is so good. <laughs> it was just like, cool, thanks. Yeah, this will do. <laughs> like, yes, pile. No pile. <laughs> that is pretty anticlimactic. I You're know. like, I feel like you should throw me a pile. Party. Yeah, because like, so what now? Do I call, do you want me to do a speaking engagement? Should I should I chat with your publisher? Okay. Anyhow. All right, let's play. Are you ready? The game ready? is afoot. Okay. Lolita, Vladimir Nabokov. Definitely rejected. Rachel says rejected. Gwen. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate and say okay. no. I think it was accepted. Right. No, it definitely was rejected. <laughs> definitely um, was rejected. <laughs> But it went on in a world. (laughs) In a world. It went on to sell 50 million copies. Nice. So, okay. Uh, Jack Kerouac, On the Road. Rejected. Rejected. (laughs) I'm going to decide to win on this one. It was, in fact, and did not get published until six years later. Wow. All right. Uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, 100 Years of Solitude. Not rejected. Accepted on the spot. Mm. Rejected. <laughs> it was accepted. Hey, I'm 
good at this. However, I think this is a special case because he had previously published with... Yeah. I mean, not oh. a special case. It's genius. But also, <laughs> you know, genius. it wasn't his first merry-go-round. Right. Yeah, yeah it wasn't point. his first novel. Right. All right. The Bell Jar. Sylvia Plath. He had a major. The Bell Jar. The Bell Jar. This one's hard. I'm going to go reject it. Accepted. Yeah, it was rejected. <laughs> I mean, I think that was a theme in her life. <laughs> I was going to say it's about a woman's depression. Ooh, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can empathize. Too soon. It's only been 50 years or something. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, the Great F. Scott, The Great Gatsby. Rejected. Rejected. It was published. Oh, no rejection on that one? Not on that one. That was his first novel, though. That's impressive. He had already had the deal. It took him a long time to write it, but he had already signed the deal based on some short stories, I believe. Trick question. Oh. All right, all right. How about uh, Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings? Definite rejection. Accepted. Yes and no. Because right. Okay. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> the Hobbit. The Hobbit was rejected, and then the Lord of the Rings was accepted. Is that it? No. Well, does his oh. son reject his letters to him overseas as he's like right? Right. Yeah. No. So oh, is that how he wrote it via letters? <laughs> yeah. There was this like uh, you can say a Random House initially rejected it in 1953, but then it was published. Yeah. Okay, uh, that was one of, a good one. It was a good one, right? A little tricky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my personal favorites, uh, Margaret Mitchell, Gone with the Wind. Rejected. I'm just gonna go rejected. Just goes hard on all the women. Yeah. I just feel like women back in the day, like, had it rough. Like, were they really just getting acceptances thrown right. in their way? I mean, being any self-published, doing whatever she didn't say. <laughs> I'm going to make you answer first next time. (laughs) (laughs) It was rejected by almost 40 publishers before it finally hit the shelves. Mm -hmm. Now a great American classic. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Okay. Okay. Women were struggling to be This one's a little different. I'm glad we haven't been keeping score. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this isn't like an NPR show. Don't worry. Um, No one on the the phone is going to lose a prize if you guys mess up. Um, Okay. Household tome, The Joy of Cooking. Gwen. Oh. Oh, you really did go for me first. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Accepted. Okay. Accepted. Okay. Kind of another trick. So she. (laughs) (laughs) Irma S. Rombauer uh, printed 3,000 copies. On her own. Oh, self-published. self-published. Kind of. She worked with a printer that printed like labels for, t- I don't know, sock cans or something. Oh, right? awesome. Um, did 3,000 copies and then a publisher was like, yup, and has since sold 18 million. Bills, bills. Yeah. Bills. Wow. <laughs> dollar, dollar, dollar bills. Okay. Uh, we have a couple more. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I just I'm like, ready. I love this. All right, Gwen. Gwen's just hitting her stride. Madeline Lingle, <laughs> A Wrinkle in Time. Ooh, Ooh, this is this was my favorite book as a child. I wish I'd brought a quarter. I'd just flip it. (laughs) Fair. Rejected. I'm gonna agree. Rejected. Twenty six publishers. Wow. Can you imagine? To keep going to your novel twenty six times. Like, not just gonna. I'm like, oh, it gets rejected once. I'm like, maybe I should throw it away. (laughs) 
Okay, two more. <laughs> All right. Uh, E.L. James, the famous Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, lordy. <laughs> okay, what did I say? Last rejected? I'm going to say accepted. Okay. I'm going to agree. Accepted. It was, in fact, accepted after being, self- after being self-published. Hey! hey! I like these. I yep. like this. How many copies did they print? How does... Uh, I didn't... I didn't <laughs> for, the, for the first Sorry. round? I'm sure we're going to print 100,000 <laughs> copies of this book. Exactly. And just carry it around in my car. <laughs> just lay it in coffee shops. Yeah. Again, guerrilla warfare. Uh, last one. Chicken soup for the soul. Which has now, mind you, take this into account or not, gone on to be like a dynasty. It's a whole really? brand of its own. Yeah, there's yeah. like... I don't even think I've heard of it. What? What? <laughs> Everyone in the Were studio. Were you alive in 2000? <laughs> is stabbing me with their eyes. <laughs> chicken soup for the teenage soul. Yeah, chicken right. soup for the book lover's soul. Yes. Chicken soup no, for I any soul have never that exists. Chicken soup for what? <laughs> Oh my god! Wait, this was in the nineties. Self-published writer. I think, <laughs> I think it was early aughts, right? Yeah, yeah, like early aughts. Turn of the century. Turn of the millennium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gwen, since Rachel has no weighing in on this. I know, I can't weigh in on this. <laughs> All right, well, I'm still working out the 50-50 model. So right, okay. I'm going to say rejected. Yes, it was rejected 144 times. 144? And is now, seriously, the base of one of the most successful, yeah. like, book businesses mm-hmm. in America. Wow. Yeah. How do you even submit something 144 times? I, I don't know that. We could ask them. <laughs> I don't know 144 different publishers. I definitely don't. My head. Well, it's definitely wow. worth noting, you know, <clears throat> like I said about, like I said about um, having an agent mm-hmm. and how important that really is, agents and publicists and publishing houses, and here they are. You don't have to just go for the biggest, you know, the top five That's publishing right. houses. Mm-hmm. There are tons of incredible small publishers out there that are really passionate and interested in your work and you know, what you're writing fits their yeah. mission statement and things like that. There, There's 144 publishing houses out there. Right. You know? No, and that's a really good point. Again, like going back to the small and local, like, I mean, we have some really great small publishers and presses here that do contests for chapbooks, and that's mm-hmm. a good start because then once you have something, like, like we were saying, some of these other authors, they had something in the bag already that they could say, hey, look, I've done this. Maybe this wasn't my, my greatest all-time thing, but like... It was pretty good. And, and the great published. thing about small publishers is that they do throw you a party. That's right. You get accepted. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Because you matter to them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On you that know, note. Well, that's very nice. Don't forget the little guy. You know, they're out yeah. there doing the, doing and working as hard as you are as artists. So. Absolutely. No, and we so appreciate that, Gwen, and what you and Solid State and all the other local bookstores do around here to, to engage us as writers and, and the city. So thank you. Thanks for joining us. And thanks thank for being you. on the show. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was fun. Good. <laughs> we try. That's our show. Join us in two weeks right here on Full Service Radio or on your favorite podcasting app for more literature. Fun. To find out more about us or to submit to read at our next event, not the one on January 21st at Colony <laughs> Club, uh, visit us at www.theinnerlooplit.org. Today's episode was produced by Courtney Sexton, and our theme music is by Andrew Logan. Thanks again to Gwen Hunter for being on the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on i what is it called now? iPods? It's not iTunes anymore. iPodcasts. iPodcasts. SoundCloud or any other streaming site you use. Podcasts thrive on reviews like yours, so if you want to support the inner loop, take the time to tell the world why you love us. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe! 
subscribe so you never miss an episode. Happy writing. Happy New Year and write on. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.